Hello, I'm Greg Howard Jr., and this is Don't Make This Weird, the podcast. Each week, I invite a special guest to talk about their life, news, politics, and anything else that may come up. Head over to the Patreon, where you'll get the random questions game, a secret from my guest. You get some merch for being a loyal patron, and you get this uh, whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the Patreon. So head over to patreon.com forward slash springbreak83 productions to join now. Welcome to another episode of Don't Make This Weird. Uh, this is Series 2, Episode 9, I believe. Um, my guest this week is someone who I am beyond fortunate uh, to have found on Twitter. Um, she is someone whose opinion and knowledge I value above most other people on that app. Um, So I'm very, very, very excited uh, for this episode and to introduce her to all of you lovely people all over the world. Please welcome to the show, Shantae. Hello. Hi, Greg. Thank you for having me. Thank you for those kind words. I mean, I'm thinking like, I don't have as many followers as some other folks, but like, it's it's, it's an honor and it's a privilege and, and thank you. And I didn't know, like, I know you had a podcast, but like, you know, you got series two and you had, and you don't have like, just like, you know, star studded, which, you know, we don't care about that, but you have common people with common solutions. So kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so on this podcast, uh, we do love a good origin story. So tell us about yourself. Well, I am a girl from Harlem, from New York City, born and raised. I'm living in Harlem, but I current—I mean, I was born and raised in Harlem, but I currently live on the Upper West Side, but I am still a Harlem girl at heart. I am a nonprofit professional, but I currently contract, within the last two years, I'm contracting for a bank that actually deals with nonprofits, but I am a nonprofiter. I will always be a nonprofiter. Nonprofit, it was my stomping ground professionally and has grew me into this person that I am today. I also am a spiritual person. I do go to church, but church is on Zoom. Thank God with this variant. And I do love good politics, even though I love culture. I love music, but not I'm not sure about today's music because I am a older millennial. You can say I was born in the 80s. So I'm like all about that 90s and 2000s R&B and hip hop. But that's my origin story. I love politics. I commentate. I blog about it. I do have a show on Instagram and is on YouTube. You can look at the episodes on YouTube. And I do host a space Wednesday nights at 8.30 on Twitter Spaces. So, you know, that is my origin story. It's not like I have an autobiography. I do have a bachelor's degree in business and I'm currently going for my master's at Brooklyn College. It's a CUNY school in New York. It's one of the city universities, one of the um, well-respected city universities in New York, besides Baruch and Hunter College. So, that's just my story. That's my origin story. <laughs> so how did you how did you come to end up in political Twitter? Well, you know, I always had a love for politics all the time since I was six, 1992. The election, the the what is it? The presidential election of Bill Clinton versus uh, George Bush at that time. <laughs> yeah. So like I was invested and I went to school. 
on the Upper West Side, which I currently live right now, ironic, we always had current events for homework. And so current events was to commentate on, you know, what's going on in today's society. So like, I always had the news on. My dad and my mom always talk about politics all the time when they're, you know, not sometimes going at each other's throats half the time. It would be politics and they'll have like civil debates and also, you know, talk about all the other issues. So that's how I got invested. And my school always been very progressive before the term progressive was, you know, used and abused and <laughs> Christopher Columbus and everything. And so like I always had a love for it. But I never grew to accept it until I got older and much older. And then even in my 30s, like now I've grown to love it. The problem, you know, sometimes we find a politics is now it's tribal. And I remember it was a time where it wasn't tribal. Now it's tribal is either you in a uh, if you're a Republican, you either an extremist. It's not even cool to be conservative no more, even though some of the conservatives still try to hold on to power or if you're on the quote-unquote left, the Democratic Party, you either a moderate, a centrist, a neoliberal corporate shield, if you worship the, you know, the establishment, according to Bernie Sanders, or you a progressive, which, like I said, progressive has been used and abused in so many ways, because I grew up in, growing up in Harlem, there was nothing but activists, and they were progressive, and they never called themselves progressives. They just called themselves leaders of the movement, or, you know, thinkers, free thinkers, or, you know, people that's trying to fight for people. They even probably even label themselves as such. So I just find it very interesting that they do that. It's, it's amazing to me, um, because for, for a lot of us, because I believe that you and I are probably about 15 minutes apart in age. Um, so for for a lot of us who are now entrenched in politics the way that we are like that the the Clinton Bush election was like like the very first political memory for a lot of us like i remember there was at, at my school we did um a mock election so that was you know because i my dad was in the military. So, you know, it was very like politics was very much in the air um, for us. Um, I want to ask you, uh, because you, you are very present on Twitter um, and you, like people come at you just right and left constantly um, for the things that you say. And something I've noticed is that, you know, if I, as a white guy, could say the same thing that you said and nobody would bat an eyelash about it. You know, they only attack black women who have very, very relevant and very fact-based, you know, arguments against what they're saying how do you deal with that sometimes you just gotta roll with the punches there were i had a bad week last week with all of what's going on in my personal life with my finances and you know with you know my favorite candidate leaving the the gubernatorial races so it's like i had a lot going on but people still came at me and i was like 
who the fuck are you? Like, who the fuck you think you are? Like, I had all my facts, and I try to have all my facts. I try to get, like, you know, articles that's not opinion articles because they're not considered to be facts. So I try to gather information. And how I deal with it, I just show up with the facts and I show up with the quick mouth. Like, if you don't like what I have to say, you take it up with that person. Like, today somebody came at me about, you know, um, when she's going to nail Trump. First and foremost, my AG, and you you know about my AG. My AG's probably one of the best politicians in the state, almost better than the damn governor if you really want to get technical, the current one and the former one. And so um, the AGs in, the AG in New York does not pr- um, criminally prosecute people. They sue them for civil stuff, like civil investigations. The Manhattan DA, which I live in Manhattan, and the Manhattan SDN, the U.S. attorney for all five boroughs, and I think Westchester too, which is a county, they are the ones that do the criminal prosecutions. So I had to check somebody like that today, and it was like, oh, I, I can't have my own opinion. I was like, take your shit up with Cy Vance, because that motherfucker is leaving by the end of this month. And so the next guy who's replacing him is actually a Black guy who worked in Tish James' office. So therefore, you take your frustrations out on them. Don't take your frustrations out on Black women. See, that's, that's, that's what's wrong. Like, like you said, you're a white guy, and if you say the same things like I said, they wouldn't come at you, but they come at me, and not just only me. They come at Lauren. They come at Reese. They come at Maya. They come at, um, who else is a, another? Miss Denise. Uh, yes, and Tiffany and um, Shauna. It's so many of us that they come at, and Dina, they come at us so, and, and Candace. I cannot forget Dr. Candace. They always, they always trying her. And she has a PhD. Like, why would you try somebody with a fucking PhD? I have no idea. But they try to come for all of us because we are not going to back down. We are going to debunk your shit. If your misinformation is coming up on my fucking timeline, I'm going to be like, what the fuck is this? Like somebody else today came up with, when she's going to nail Trump, the country's depending on her. First and foremost, stop depending on Black women to save your motherfucking asses. Like, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. And I'm having the spaces tonight about, I mean, not tonight, tomorrow night about allyship. Because allyship is, I, I think that word has been dirty up, like progressive. It's been used. And then when it's about a, a demographic of a group of the same group of people that did something else that was egregious, they want to be like, it's not me. Because I got that, you saw that in September mm-hmm. where I said 53% of white women, majority, ain't not to be trusted. And like, oh, not me. You need us one day. That's why I'm having that space too, because it seems like they're doing this shit again when it comes to Donald Trump. The country's depending on her. I'm just like, what the fuck? That's like what, oh, the country's depending on Merrick Garland. Like, excuse me, with nailing Trump? If anybody that's responsible for Donald Trump is the Republican Party, the, the GIP, the Grand Insurrectionist Party. That's what I'm calling them. They're not the Grand Old Party no more. They're not the party of Lincoln, not the party of Reagan. They're the party of insurrection because they support insurrection. They want us to move on and get over it. But to your point, I just deal with it. I just put out facts. That's it. Um, and half of them be blocking me. Why, why do you think, um, 
and I'll use Attorney General Tish James as the example. Um, why do you think that it's become this kind of common practice now with expecting black women to save the country because it was, you know, it has been to your point, attorney general Tish James. Um, at one point it was vice president Harris. At one point it has been, um, Stacey Abrams. Um, you know, it's, I've, it's starting to happen. I've noticed, uh, with, uh, Representative Val Demings in Florida. Uh, so why why do you think all the all the onus is put on black women as opposed to, you know, their white counterparts? Because they feel like black women are because we are competent. We're competent people. We are. And those three women are national figures and they do their jobs well. Vice President Harris have done her job well from her days as a DA all the way up into the vice president. Stacey Abrams basically flipped Georgia Blue. And my attorney general has the orange bum, basically from Queens, caving in, and his whole family and the NRA. Let's how the NRA from moved from upstate New York and they all the way down south. Like ran them out of the out of the state. So they probably seem like, oh, they can save the country. No, it's up to you motherfuckers to check your white people, your white brothers and your white sisters who continuously vote for Republicans in high numbers. Like, look at, look at Virginia. 57% of white women voted for Glenn Youngkin because they're afraid of critical race theory. Y'all motherfuckers don't even know what critical race theory is. He don't even know what it is. It's a law school terminology and not all law schools teach that. I don't even know what, excuse my French, critical race theory is. <laughs> I don't even fucking know what that shit is. So it's just like, it's to your, it, it, it is unfortunately, white folks have, in, have it that it's incumbent upon them to want black women to save them. But black women are not here to save you. We're not even here to fucking educate you. We're just here to let you know that you fucked up. You deal with your people. Until you deal with your racism and your bias, we're not fucking with you. And it's not being mean, not saying like, oh, Shanta, you hate all white people. Not I hate white people and I don't dislike them. I just don't like the fact that they can't check their own biases. And it's like white followers like you and um, like Meg and like Kim, I mean, well, Madison and a few others and, and, and the, yeah, Kim and we yeah, get Kim, Madison, Meg. Y'all know how to check your whiteness. Y'all know to check yourselves. Y'all know if it doesn't apply to you, y'all let it fly over your goddamn head. And some of white followers on a moderate centrist progressive lane, they don't know how to, to do to deal with that. So they figure black woman, save me. No, tell your brothers and sisters to save you. And stop fucking voting for racist bigots. Stop fucking supporting them. Like, stop. Even bigots on the left. Stop supporting Bernie Sanders. Well, and it reminds me of, um, you know, Hillary Clinton said once before the 2016 election that, you know, we as white people needed 
to have the hard conversations with our family members over the holidays and, you know, anytime that we're together. And I feel like the wrong people took that as, oh, well, I don't have to do that. If that makes sense. No, you're right. They feel like they don't have to do that. There was some, you know how many white followers last week unfollow me and block me? All because I supported the AG and her run for governor. They all got mad. They all like why she's, you know, running for her position again. She just can drop out completely. No, like if I have the ability to run again, I run again. If anybody was devastated of her dropping out the race, it was myself and a couple other people. But you know what? I, it took me a weekend to get over it. And I was just like, I will support her for governor. But there are white people, and still to this day, that still have a problem having those hard conversations. I'm pretty sure tomorrow in my spaces, you'll see some that would be like, not me. No, don't start off with that shit. Because if you start off with that shit, I, I can't. I can't. You got to have hard conversations. You got to have them and you have to own your shit. Well, and if, you know, to any white people who are listening to this, um, if you are having a conversation with a black person and something that they have said is making you uncomfortable, that's good. You You should be uncomfortable because that's where the process of, unlearning you know the institutional racism that we're raised with that we benefit from that's where the dismantling starts so thank you for having that public service announcement it's just you know like like you said like you know there are there are things that are posted on twitter that you know i know don't apply to me i just keep scrolling because, you know, or I'll retweet it because I agree with it. Like it's, there's the conditional allyship um, is, is a relatively newer trend on Twitter. And you can, you can always, you can always kind of tell who it's going to be that hops in into the mentions because they've either got resist or BLM hashtags in their bio without fail. And anytime it happens, I'm like, we saw that coming. Listen, I had to tell one resistor, I have a black mom. That's nice. First of all, one of the state party chair in my state, I think you heard this, equated the girl that was running for mayor in Buffalo, even though on the Democratic side, even though she's not my cup of tea, but equating her to David Duke was out of pocket. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a video. I should repost it again. Um, It was out of pocket and it was just plain misogyny and racism. He has some halfway ass apology, but that's not enough. And quiet as it kept, I think he had the AG sign a pact with with the governor, which the governor probably says she thought about the process. But I believe that she herself, you know, was talked out of running because she wasn't raising a lot of money and because people was coming up with a whole bunch of like attack ads and attack everything. And so they were like attacking her, but Jay Jacobs don't like primaries. 
he don't like primaries. It's sad, but the primaries is supposed to help, you know, the political process. It's healthy. You have policy, civil debates without getting testy. We had a we had a big ass mayoral um primary with like 12 people, but only nine people was eligible to debate. And the policy difference, it was sharp and clear, but nobody wasn't slandering really nobody but Andrew Yang. Everybody else was civil on that stage. So it's just like, it amazes me that you don't want the incumbent to basically say, why, why is she electable? Because people are still questioning her ability. And some folks are going to get mad because there's some folks that are fans of Governor Hoko. And I understand. I don't hate the lady. I don't dislike the lady. Her policies, they're like kind of like old school, moderate Democrat. That is just like, it does not reflect today. Honestly, it doesn't reflect today's Democratic Party, even though she's supposed to be the future of the party. But it does not reflect today's party and her getting endorsement from jay jacobs if i was her i would have rejected that endorsement after what he said about indian walton because that shit was fucked up in all kinds of ways you don't equate some a black woman to the most racist grand wizard of the kkk out of all people david duke are you fucking crazy like have you lost your mind but he's a long island dem and it's nothing against Long Island Dems. He's a Long Island Dem. He's an old white Long Island Dem. He's not one of them new ones that is like about inclusion. He's one of them old ones. And he needs, he's the old relic of the Democratic Party that needs to go. First of all, 19.5 million people in New York and most um, the demographic and the Democratic, you know, it's black people. And it's a, it's a multicultural, it's more black, poor, more people of color, basically. It's more people of color versus white people and we've seen that time and time and time again and long island just went red and their municipal elections versus new york just flipped blue out of nowhere except one spot in long island everywhere else in the city flipped blue and remained blue remained stronghold blue so jay jacobs needs to go and he needs to enjoy his best life and it should be a person of color to run the state party because then that reflects today's Democratic Party. Speaking of reflecting today's Democratic Party, um, I want to talk about Peggy Noonan, who has once again written an opinion piece on what Vice President Harris should do and how she should act. Uh, let me let me open this by asking, why do you think Peggy Noonan is so obsessed with the Vice President? Because she wants to be as funny and as witty as the Vice President. And she wants her, I guess, to be, I, I guess she wants her to be serious like Peggy. I mean, that wrinkled skin is kind of serious. <laughs> That sagging skin is serious. I mean, her weight, and I don't want to get on a woman's weight, but your whole image is unserious. So you need to get relevant, as Tiffany Cross have mentioned, because it's ridiculous. This is not her first offense. 
coming after the vice president. You know, Peggy Noonan, Peggy Noonan has a white, no, a black woman problem. She has a strong black woman problem because she doesn't like strong, opinionated, joyable, fun, if joyable is the word, joyful, fun, black women. She don't. She's jealous. She's jealous because she was only a special assistant and a speechwriter to the most senile racist man who looked like he wore the pens in the White House, okay, who was probably suffering from dementia. You can ask Ron. You can ask Ron Jr. Ron Jr. says his father may have some early signs of dementia. You know, Nancy was running that, that White House because he was not nowhere there. And then she had the nerve to call Joe Biden old. That was funny. The president old when you work for a a, a president who didn't even know where he was half of the time. Who cut like every program in the book. Who instituted trickle-down economics, also known as Reaganomics, that is still in effect today. That's still, it makes no sense how our generation, Greg, don't even have enough in our savings. Because, I mean, we're buying, some of us is buying houses, but that's not all of us. That's not all of us. Because why? Because it's the effects of Reaganomics. And Peggy made sure she had that stump speech. She also was in charge of that welfare queen stuff. The welfare queen. Yeah, the welfare queen. I'm saying, yeah. right? Stuff so like she needs, and I'm going to say this, and people going to get mad. She needs to shut the fuck up. She needs to worry about herself. She needs to enjoy retirement and stop fucking writing for the Wall Street. Stop fucking writing opinion articles because you're not relevant and you haven't been relevant since the 80s. And Maureen, and that goes for Maureen Dow too. Yes. Like nobody wants to hear from you old white hags. Nobody wants to hear from y'all. Y'all opinions don't matter. The Democratic Party has been changing for quite a while. It's This is years of changing. And we do not care about your conservative Reaganomics, Bush-inspired policies because they do not reflect today's America and Democrats don't want your advice and the vice president don't need to get serious. She's fine as she is. And President Biden is not old. He's just quick with his mouth. Well, and I want to say the first article that Peggy wrote wasn't it it was during the primary it was the one about dancing wasn't it it was uh, it was during the general election when she said she looks frivolous basically she said she looks stupid dancing when the vice president got moves and know how to dance reagan didn't really have no moves regular like he was about to shit on himself every time when he stood up and talked um, while we're on the subject of um the reagan white house uh what do you make of the recent um, information that has come to light that uh, former First Lady Nancy Reagan was the original superhead. Um, have you seen that? I haven't seen it, but I heard of it. I'm not surprised. She looked, she's 10 years younger than Ron. She was 10 years younger than him. And she looked like she was a whole entire hoe. She was like, she bounced around from Star to star. Who's to say she was trying to get into Rock Hudson's pants and Rock Hudson was not fucking with that because his ass was gay. Okay? Like, and that's supposed to be your friend, but you were scared to say A's around your friend. 
So now we are going to uh, go to the listener letter. Uh, every show, I like to dive into my inbox and see what the listeners would like to know. Um, this week, the letter comes to us from Allie in Seattle. Hello, Allie. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for writing in. Uh, Allie would like to know, uh, and I picked this because this is a very hot issue right now. Um, Allie would like to know what is stopping President Biden from canceling student loan debt? And she would also like to know if you feel like this will be a problem for Democrats in the midterms. Slightly. I mean, honestly, to tell you the truth, I think that's probably one of the last of his priorities. The main priority is getting that Build Back Better agenda through and getting the Voting Rights Act into place. And I mean, on his desk and getting the George Floyd's Justice and Policing Act. And then he could worry about canceling, canceling student loan debt. Anybody that got motherfucking student loan debt is. I got like 60, almost $70,000 worth because of interest. But however, if he has to pass this Build Back Better agenda through, and if he has to do the Voting Rights Act and the, and the George Floyd Justice and Police Act, because those three are the main ones that will keep Democrats home versus canceling student loan debt, that's the last on his list. And FYI, he canceled student loan debt for people with disabilities because they can't pay their fucking student loan. And, and, and disability doesn't mean mental disabilities. It means physical disabilities and it means um, other disabilities. So canceling student loan debt should be like in the middle of June. But if you want to, if you are one issue voter, if you want to stay your ass home, and this is nothing personal to Allie, the listener, I, I understand her letter, but if, if this is for these quote unquote Gen Z progressives who this is like their first election, and now all of a sudden they're experts in politics, and some dumbass millennials who decided to jump on back in 2016 when they should have been on since 2008. If you are a one issue voter, and if your single issue is student loan debt you're sadly mistaken and you're fucking racially insensitive and the reason is is because you don't care about the voting rights act being passed and you definitely don't fucking care about the george floyd justice and police act being passed which i think those are more important you got uh joe madison on a goddamn hunger strike okay about the voting rights act the i mean the john r lewis voting rights act and that needs to be passed definitely after Build Back Better, which this is what happens when you don't vote down ballot because now you got to rely on Joe Manchin, which he was always a problem, which I always knew he was a problem, and Kristen Cinema, who is the surprise, the, the October and the November and the 2021 surprise. She was a surprise, okay? So you got to rely on those two, and you know Republicans, you know where they stand. You know, they're they not voting for shit that the president has on his desk, okay? Even if it was a bill to meet the middle, which some of this bill is to meet the fucking middle, they're not voting for this shit. They're not voting for it. They don't care about the And their constituents are just poor, more poor than Democratic um, congressmen and women constituents. So therefore, I mean, if you're a single issue voter, I don't know what to tell you. But if you want to keep your ass home, you're going to get the Republicans the majority. 
I ain't trying to get the majority. I'm going to relate to me. As much as my candidate left the gubernatorial race, I'm going to still vote for Kathy Hochul. But she has to prove herself that she can govern not just for white women, she can govern for black people. And not just only black people upstate, but black people in the downstate, because you need our votes in the downstate. You need them bad, because we're the most populated area in the city. I mean, in the state. Westchester, New York City, and some parts of Long Island, you need us. You need us bad. So the the thing is, stop trying to be a one single issue voter. You need to vote. This is where this is what happens when you don't fucking vote. If you if you just I don't have my boss, I'm gonna stay home. You gonna give Republicans that that shit. So yeah, that that's that's what I'm saying. And this is no offense once again to the listener. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's just I I don't understand the like the amount the amount of privilege and selfishness that is involved in well, you didn't make my number one priority, your number one priority. So, now I'm not going to vote and then Republicans take the majority, then nobody gets shit. So that's that's the opposite of progress. So I don't I don't understand where where the disconnect lies. Um, it's just it's, it's it's ass backwards because I'm just like, yo, I have student loan debt. I have student loan debt from undergrad and grad school with interest, and if. That is the last thing on the list. That's fine. And if only $25,000 get taken off, that's fine. I work in nonprofit. I can get it probably forgiven. Might be like a, 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 a percentage I could get forgiven and I could get, you know, I could pay it off and not get money back in my taxes because the tax law also needs to be repealed. But that could be for another later time. But the most critical legislation, the Build Back Better agenda, the Voting Rights Act, and the George Floyd Justice Police Act, all that shit needs to be passed. So if you don't care about that being passed, I know where your fucking ass is. I see you, and you're not my motherfucking ally. And that's what's going to be the conversation tomorrow on Spaces. <laughs> so we have now come to the end of the show. Um, in this little part of the show, uh, you have the floor to plug anything that you have coming up um tell people where to follow you on social media and all that good jazz well you can follow me on twitter on instagram at i am shantizi that is i as an igloo a as an apple m as in mary c as in cat h as in hat a as an apple n as in nancy t as in tiger double e z as in zebra y so you can follow those that's the same name i have on twitter and instagram and um you know, you can watch my shows. You can, you know, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The link is in the bio. And also, Greg, where people can find your podcast is because, you know, some people can't afford Patreon. Unfortunately, they're still, you know, out of work. So where they can find you? Um, all, of, uh, all of my podcasts are available on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Amazon, and Audible. 
and Google Podcasts. Um, the 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 basic episodes are are free for everybody. Uh, the only parts that are in the uh, Patreon are the random question game and tell me a secret. Uh, so you will get uh, the litter lessner the litter lessner listener letter and um, get to hear uh, the the various the various topics uh but those links are in my twitter bio and such uh we will when is your um your instagram show when do it's you do on that? fridays and it's late at night it's after 11 so 11 after 11 o'clock that's like the late night special when you wind down if you because you know some people still can't go to the club because you know the club is not mm, popping that much lately so and it's cold outside and it's cuffing yeah. season. So if you want to cuff and listen to politics and listen to reading the shit out of people, listen to your girl. And also update on COVID numbers because I update COVID numbers. I open up that because that's important because we're almost 50 million cases. I think we're about 50 million cases in the COVID. Jesus. In a country, in this country. We're number one. We're leading in something. That's what Donald Trump was right about. We're leading in the number of <laughs> cases. And um, damn near fatalities, almost a million people dead. Yeah, yeah. I think we were we're like a hundred thousand away from a million or something. The last, yep. the last I saw mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will uh, drop all of Shantae's uh, socials and the link to her um, YouTube channel in the episode description. So everyone can check that out. I highly recommend that you do that. Um, she is somebody that you will never regret following. Um, thank you so much for being here today. Um, thank you, I've, Greg. I've had an absolute blast having you on. Um, and anytime you would like to come back to any of the shows, um, you just, you send me a message and I've always got a place for you. Of course. And you can, you know, keep doing this Greg, like, because everybody's not meant to do, you know, random videos on the internet or, you know, have a a thread of shit. So podcasting is for you. Do it. Do your thing. Also, you know, because I know you're going to have more guests. You're going to probably have, you got to have Mr. Two Raw Two Real real soon because, you know, and you got to get Madam Reese and you got to get Mr. Drew and you still follow Drew and and Maya's running for Congress. So, we wish I'm, her all the best on her run. Yes, she is. I'm, I'm very excited about her run. And I think you have Dr. C on pretty soon, right? She is coming up in like two weeks, I think. Um, I, th- I think I record with her in, in like two weeks. Let me look at the, let me look at the calendar. Um, where is she? I saw something with her yes. in it. Uh, her episode airs january 12th oh she's going to give education you're oh, going to have to get wait. your books your pens your paper and i believe sid is on tomorrow right uh sydney will be on uh the your life the mixtape this week her episode drops on thursday yeah nice and nice then... keep, keep doing this greg thank you thank you i will and again thank you so much for being here today Thank you.
If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. If you didn't enjoy this episode, why the fuck are you even still here? If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at don'tmakethisweirdpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at sb83productions, on Instagram at springbreak83productions. Don't Make This Weird is a Spring Break 83 production.